Blog Talk Radio. Tyson Fury AJ stuff 
depending upon, I would say the day, but sometimes early in the day, late at night, Tyson Fury's going to say a bunch of stuff, right? He's going to say a bunch of stuff. But, um, you know, it is what it is, you know? There's not much uh, – you can't really pay attention to him. He, you know, supposedly the, the deadline uh, is gone now, gone and passed, right, on Monday. But then you hear Frank Warren saying, well, no, we're, we're figuring stuff out. We're, 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 you know, we're getting this stuff figured out. We, we have stuff to figure out, right? Uh, they, basically, AJ's had the contract for a while. His lawyers are, you know, looking it over. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, for those who thought this this fight would just come together real quick like that, that was a silly thought, right? But to be honest, if it does come together, it still will be relatively quick, though. I will say that. But a lot of people were talking like a week or two ago, it's done, it's done. Well, maybe. Let's hope. We know that the agreed to terms thing is a positive. Speaking of of agreed to terms, we heard, what, a, a week, two weeks ago, something like that. Uh, maybe not that far ago. I don't know. 15 days ago? I don't know. I don't know how long it was, but we heard the announcement, and I shouldn't say an announcement. That's silly. Uh, the report that Spencer Crawford had agreed to terms. Um, but if they're going to, you know, if they're going to announce this thing for November 19th, it basically has to be this week, uh, maximum next week. Uh, there is a new working date that I've seen thrown around a variety of ways. We'll talk a little bit about that. Eddie Hearns to Jake Paul. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, there, there's a couple of other fight, you know, current fight news that we'll go over first. And then, of course, some funny boxing Twitter segment uh, stuff where, you know, we read just some solid tweets, tweet of the week, and then also some fanboy tweets and the media, you know, uh, behaving as fanboys as well. But we will start in the ring per usual. If this is your first time listening to the Rope and Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope and Dope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope and Dope and download the show directly there or listen to the browser if you don't want to. You can find this here boxing podcast, the Rope and Dope Radio platform on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Spricker, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, and a plethora of other uh, platforms. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. And one more thing. If you're thinking about cutting the cord, or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for it. It's called Direct TV Stream. It's the best of live TV and on demand. No annual contracts, no hidden fees. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks without the additional fees. Um for a limited time only, the prices start as low as forty nine ninety nine for two months. If you decide on the choice or ultimate package, that'll give you three free months. That's one hundred and sixty dollars savings. Three free months of Showtime, Stars, Cinemax, and uh, Cinemax in Epic. That's Direct TV Stream. Okay, so like I said, there is uh, Mayweather fought an exhibition. Actually, the clip I saw. Look like a big crowd, but I, I don't. I really don't get into this exhibition stuff too much, um, you know. Especially when it's this one, this type of stuff. So if you come to listen to, you know, Mayweather or any of these Pacquiao exhibitions that are coming up, supposedly, I guess he's got another one coming uh, 
November or something. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so Mayweather won easy. Phantom punch, fake punch, I don't know. I'm not into the clickbait stuff, so here we are. Um, Let's get in the ring, though, first, right? Um, Keyshawn Davis, what was it, the fifth round? Basically a TKO. He looked pretty good. You know, we're seeing a lot of the skills that will really help him uh, down the line and in his career in general. Uh, Davis did have a lot to say <laughs> to Haney about Shakur Stevenson and, and, and Loma and stuff like that. Keyshawn Big and Shakur uh, Stevenson's corner, of course. Uh, but he looked good in the ring. Nothing to really update too much. Um you know, with prospects, I kind of just uh, I'll comment here and there. If nothing's changed, I just kind of move on until they're uh, officially tested. But right now, he looks like, you know, pretty close to the real deal as far as where you can. Um, Henley LeBron, uh, pretty much outboxed pretty handedly over Venice's. Is that what it is? Venice's, Andy? Um, of course, this show was in Newark, New Jersey at the Prudential Center. That was pretty dope. Looked like a a pretty lively crowd. I know, I believe it was over 10,000 people. So that's always a good look. Um, The Prudential Center definitely has had a, you know, usually it's pretty heavy Polish when it comes to boxing, but um, that's a good look. The the crowd looked live. It'll be interesting to see um, what exactly that gate did, Uh, but it looked good. It looked really good, and uh, they definitely came out. And you know, as far as the fight goes between uh, Shakur Stevenson and Conceso, well, first and foremost, like I said, he did miss weight by kind of a lot. Sure, it wasn't this, you know, sometimes we hear some three or five or seven pound stuff that's just completely nuts, but he missed it clearly. And I guess the, the one thing about it is, you know, he didn't use the the time frame you have to get under the weight. So that is obviously an unprofessional thing uh, not to do. Not to make weight is one thing. Not to even try is another. Now, the flip side of that is is, is fighter safety, fighter health and all that. And, um, you know, he's only had – well, shit, is this his third fight at 130? He is in that man strength time, though, you know, when you, you kind of – your body does – kind of come into its own and so 130 didn't last that long um but it is what it is like i said it was unprofessional to miss the weight when you said that was the weight you could do um and then not to try to do it after but it's easy you know easier said than done Uh, you know i do have um some experience with making weight being a wrestler um but you know, it is what it is. Maybe just the weight just wasn't coming off, and he just knows it, and it just didn't make any sense. He was willing to give up some money, obviously, and, uh, he, you know, he got stripped from his belts and whatnot. So, you know, he, he was saying there was a big announcement after the fight, and that was that he's going to 135. So it's really no shocker, but it's still unprofessional, if we're being honest. I don't really care who it was. That's, that's, how, you, that's how you look at it. Um, and I did notice, you know, from the uh, – some of the media members that are just no matter what a PBC fighter does, they're on it. And, you know, they were kind of using kid gloves uh, with Stevenson. Uh, some others will just jump on, you know, any fighter like that. Or, you know, of course, you have the, the racist, too, that will jump out 
you know, randomly there. But it is what it is. You know, it happens. Um, basically, right away in the first couple of rounds, Shakur was basically walking forward behind his jab. Uh, he's pretty patient, though. He wasn't just trying to knock his head off or, you know, he's landing his jab and then a few left hands. Um, round three, um, Conceso, you know, he landed some left hands. He was trying to land bombs, but he just was missing a lot, expending a lot of energy doing it. Um, and what I liked about Stevenson, not just with the patience coming forward, but he was coming forward pretty much the whole time, but his defense, you know, that solid defense with it. Um, I, I really like that, but he definitely landed uh, a couple more right hands and whatnot. The fourth round, I think it was a left late. Was it late in the fourth round? I believe that left hand to the body uh, was counted as a knockdown. I believe, uh, I think it was the end of the fourth. Um, and he started landing heavy shots to the head and body in that round, kind of more of the same in the fifth. In the sixth, there actually was some give and take. Uh, Shakur definitely landed the better shots, but there were, you know, I'd say from maybe five to eight or something like that. Those, that was more two-way. Like Conceso or Conceso, you know, he was really letting his hands going for it, letting his hands go, landed some good shots, I'd say. Maybe you give him the eighth round, something like that. Um, and I think it was at the ninth round that Stevenson was deducted a point for the little throwdown. And to be fair, it, it was a rough fight on both sides. We saw some low blows. We saw um, just a lot of wrestling. Um, but he was kind of grabbing and leaning on him, too, and Shakur got sick of it and winged him off. Um, but, you know, I understand sometimes – the ref lets that go. Sometimes it's a point deducted, but it did get a little rough, you know. Overall, though, he cruised. Uh, two scorecards had it 117-109. One had it 118-109. Um, like I said, I, I, I do like the fact that the crowd seemed bumping. You know what I mean? It, it was good. It was a good crowd, uh, good homecoming fight for him, beyond the weight stuff. Um, a good performance, and it, and it performed well um, on for the ratings as well. It had a, it had a, we talked about how it had a pretty good tie-in to the New York area with Syracuse playing on ESPN, and, and you know it was, it, it did come on late because the game went late, but you know it, it is what it is. I kind of called that too, <laughs> right? Because that just happens. Um, but it held the rating fairly well throughout the whole broadcast. I think it peaked at 1.1 something. So, yeah, another solid rating for Shakur Stevenson. If you look at the demo, I think it finished second that night behind the uh, that football game that was the lead-in. So that is the advantages, especially as of right now. We'll see if there's a new deal on the horizon with Fox and PBC. As a boxing fan, I, I hope that keeps going. Um, now – not in its current structure uh, as far as this year, where it's just uh, four pay-per-views and then that's the only time you get Fox. Uh, no FS1 stuff, barely. So, But anyway, my point is ESPN, we've talked about for a while now, um, that it is, this is where you get the highest ratings uh, normally right now, and especially when you have a lead-in. And this lead-in wasn't like a three or four million or, 
or higher lead-in, but it still was pretty solid. Like I said, it was the number one cable show, and so this came right behind it. And I'm talking about demo on that one, by the way. So I know some of you will call, you know, will say, oh, no, this just got a higher rating. There's a television rating, like a number, and then there's a demo, which is a different number, and that's advertising. Anyway, all in all, though, I mean, Shakur's in a good spot at 135, uh, especially if I don't, I don't think they're going to make the Devin Haney fight when he goes up there right away. I mean, that, that, that just probably not going to happen. Not only that, but they already have plans. You know, they only have Haney signed as of right now. I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, gets an extension, though. But I don't know if it'd be long-term, to be honest with you. I'm not, I don't really know. Um, but as far as the number of fights at 135 and 140, it'd be pretty smart for Haney to, to re-sign, in my opinion. Um, because if he gets this win like most of us think he will in October over Cambosis in the, you know, in, the, in the rematch, Lomachenko's supposed to be up next as long as he comes through uh, Ortiz. So, um, and we know what they have at 140, plenty of fights for him if, you know, if he can't stay at 135 months. And then obviously Shakur Stevenson too. Like I said, I don't look, that fight's not going to be in 2023. So you might as well get it out of your head. But um, it's just a good, it's a good look for both of them because there's talent for both to fight. I don't know how long it's, Shakur's going to be at 135. I'm assuming longer than he was at 130. But we know Devin Haney, to an extent, his days are are numbered, probably. Um, He's kind of back and forth with it, though, because he he, he is saying that he can make it better now, and um, whether it was a nutrition issue. I don't don't really know. It's tough to say sometimes, uh, because he's getting in that realm age-wise, too, where your man strength comes in, and, and there's not much you can do about it. Joe Joyce and Joseph Parker Parker, um, they fought last Saturday um, during the afternoon U.S. time, and it started out pretty much how I thought it would, both jabbing. You know that that's kind of that's kind of the normal thing. They were both jabbing uh, pretty well. You know, I gave Parker the first round. I thought he landed a decent right, uh, some decent rights, I should say, and then a nice roundhouse right late. Uh, Joyce, he landed maybe one or two good right hands, but it was mostly jabs. Um, after that, though, there weren't a ton of rounds you could give Parker. Um, I mean, the second round was close, though. Uh, but by the second or third round, Parker's nose was already bleeding, which some guys just bleed a lot. But it was really that jab, and then eventually – you know, like I said, one or two from Joyce, right hands in the first, two or three I got in my notes uh, for the second round. You know, the, the right hand started coming out more and more. He did add uh, the left hook and some uppercuts as well. Um, but in the third round, that was clo- that was a pretty close round too because Parker closed strong. He landed some uppercuts um, in a, a few right hands. And maybe it stole the round. I don't think so just because the – the left hook and the follow-up shot um, to the head and body with the right hand, I thought were still – I don't think he was as hurt, Parker, in the third round as the broadcast team was saying. But I think – I still think that he won that round. But that was probably the funnest round of the, the fight, more than likely. Maybe a little bit later. I'm not sure. But um, Parker in the fourth round, you know, still on his jab. 
Uh, he's really trying to one-shot slug him with the right hand. Um, and, you know, a couple couple shots laid and whatnot. You know, maybe that's a round that you can give him. Uh, the round's like five, six, and seven. Um, I don't know. It's like, that's actually, I think the seventh round is when Parker's eye got cut. Um, but the increase in pressure. You know, and both of them were actually really starting to to get there. But Joyce started really increase, you know, increasing that pressure, more jabs, more hooks to the body and head. Um, and you know, several huge right hands. Like it, it was starting to be like, wow, you know, this isn't looking good. And by even in the eighth round, I, more and more now, I thought Parker was starting to wear down. Um, but in the ninth round, credit to him, he actually had a good bounce back round. He probably won the ninth round, uh, but it didn't last long. Uh, the hooks with both hands in the 10th round from Joyce. And then the, the 11th round, he's just wailing away with combinations. Um, and you could really see the combination of being gassed and hurt. That was Parker. He didn't beat the count. He looked pretty bad when he was on the mat, just in general. Didn't beat the count, and that was a wrap. It was over. That's all we got. Um, So he did accomplish something that no one had accomplished, and that, of course, is stopping Joseph Parker. So Joe Joyce, you know, he he gets hit a lot. Uh, He's somewhat slow, or he's slow, but he just keeps coming. He just keeps coming. He's got a great chin. Now, is it granite elite chin? We don't know because I don't really think he's been in there with a big, big puncher uh, that's going to be there one round, you know, one through 12. Um, like a Fury, like a Joshua, and obviously like a Wilder. Um, Usyk can punch, but not huge. But, you know, his is uh, – Usyk's is more of the timing and everything like that, that he can stun you and hurt you. I mean, he definitely hurt Joshua more than once, once, but, uh, you know, Joyce in a short amount of time has done some damage. If you look at how many fights he has, you know, it's impressive. And obviously we knew, we knew they were going to have to fast forward his career as a prospect just based off age. Um, but it is a little bit different of a 37 or 36, whichever it is only because, you know, he hasn't taken a bunch of, he hasn't been a boxer for, you know, a, a pro boxer taking those for all that long. Of course, you take plenty of shots, and we know the, you know, in the amateurs and, and sparring and in the wear and tear in your body and all that. But overall, um, good for him. I think they've moved him brilliantly. I think he's ready now for anybody uh, in the world. I thought this was a perfect, perfect uh, fight for him, and. Uh, you know, Tyson Fury came out and said, now that I think about it, because this whole time, well, not this whole time, but, you know, the last, I don't know, couple of years at least, whatever, him and Joshua have been going back and forth, and, and him and Usyk a little bit too. But um, he's always held firm that Wilder was the number two guy. Now, whether he 100% means that or not, it's tough to say with Tyson Fury. That's uh, his second best win. So he's probably saying, hey, man, 
this dude could knock out anybody. And that may be. You know, we we got to see Wilder, you know, in there with other guys, too, uh, in this mix. Um, and that's what's exciting about the second wave of, of heavyweights. Uh, if they can keep fighting these next few years, we can get some really big, fun fights to watch. But anyway, my point is, now he's saying, the more I think about it, the second best heavyweight in the world is Joe Joyce. And I don't think Joe Joyce is going to fight in December, not for Tyson Fury, but he, he was saying, hey, at some point, I'm going to fight this guy. You know, so um, now someone just sent me boxing. So I'm going to play it. Um, I haven't seen this clip, I don't think anyway. It's, uh, can you take a clean right hand from Wilder? Uh, Joe Joyce answered question, uh, oh, answers the question uh, on everybody's mind after the win over Parker. I don't know if that's the exact uh, uh, thing that's on everybody's mind. But here, let's, let's play the clip. Can Joe Joyce take a clean right hand from Deontay Wilder? Um, I don't really want to, t- t- want to test that, thank you. But, yeah, he's a, he's a good fighter and another person that I've like he was in the he was in the UFC facility while I was there so I'm like in the canteen and the um in physio and stuff so yeah he's a good good guy to speak spoke to him and he's a new trainer he's, um Malik Scott yeah <laughs> and, and like the work he's doing is he seems to be improving and he's obviously got a great equaliser in that right hand so that'd be a, a tough fight and yeah I'd don't really want to get hit by his right hand. But I think I, I might be able to take it. But <laughs> It was kind of an all over the... I don't, want to, I don't want to find out. Well, if you're going to fight him, you're going to find out. But um, I know that he's in position... Was it... Is it WBA? I just know he's in position where, as far as getting a title shot, that it's either, you know, Usyk's going to have to make a decision... Um, to either let the belt go or not. That's what he's saying anyway. Now, there could be he could be saying that for leverage, and then they pay him off as far as, you know, if, in fact, we do, do get Tyson Fury and Usyk in March, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's next for him, but I know that they are – they want a title shot for good reason, right? So whatever it takes, um, like I said, it may be some step-aside money if, in fact, that fight goes off. Um, We still don't have a ton of news about, you know, the Tyson Fury stuff for Anthony Joshua and all that stuff. But uh, we'll see. We'll see where it goes, you know. A lot of it just kind of in the balance right now. Um, Does Tyson Fury want to fight in December and then fight in March? It sounds like that's what he wants to do. Now people are saying he's going to take on Manuel Char and just stay busy and then fight. You know, that's what I actually thought it would be, that type of fight, just to get a training camp in, get a fight in, stay sharp, and then fight in August. Because you're going to have to stay sharp when you're going against music, right? I mean, um, but anyway, by the way, just to wrap up, Maxi Hughes did get the win um, over there in the U.K. as well over Kid Gallahan. That this one was a pretty damn uh tight fight. I think it was uh it was a majority decision. That's right, it was a majority decision. I think it was uh because um, one judge had it to draw. Um one fourteen, one fourteen and then one sixteen, one eleven, one fourteen, one thirteen. 
you know, it was a, it was a, it was a tight fight. <laughs> I mean, it really was. I mean, there, there was plenty of close, you know, rounds in this fight. Um, Gallahan uh, basically was the one um, bringing the pressure early. You know, he was out um, throwing Hughes, right? Somewhere in the mid rounds. I'd say that was at least the first three to four rounds, something like that. Somewhere in the middle, you know, the fourth through the sixth or seventh. Uh, then you started to really see Hughes, you know, start to outland him. And, um, you know, that Galahad, as the fight wore on, was switching from southpaw to orthodox and whatnot. It was kind of giving him a little issues, Hughes. But I really think the best time of the fight for Galahad was early in those first three, four rounds. Because after that, um, I remember it was the eighth or ninth, I think it was the ninth round, Hughes landed a big left hand. It was a jab left hand. I think it was actually a lead left hand. And it, you know, it, it kind of hit him on the back of the head, Gallahan. Um, Gallahan was also, th- this was a rough fight, especially as it went on. Because I know that um, there was a head clash. Uh, what round was that? 11th round, I think there was a head clash. Um, Hughes was bleeding from the cut pretty badly. Um and I don't know. I mean, I think Gallahan got warned for elbows. Um, it was, they were just tying up and getting rough, basically. <laughs> um, but Hughes down the stretch, especially in the last round, you know, it, it just felt like he got over the hump. Like he just did enough to do it. I think it was the – so the ninth round, there was – I think the tenth round is when Hughes got deducted. Uh, a point. I mean, it was it was back and forth. That, that's when Gallahan had a cut. Yeah, that was the eleventh round. Was it? I can't remember. But um, overall, he was just barely. It was competitive. It was kind of like I said, mid to late. It was a little bit rough, but Hughes did enough just to eke it out. Um, one fourteen, one thirteen. You know, I'm good with that. There was a draw score. I wouldn't have been mad at that either. I didn't really see. Uh, Gallahan winning, let's put it that way. Um, I didn't see that. And then uh, I didn't score uh, the Terry Harper and Rankin fight, the uh, Hannah Rankin fight. It was pretty one-sided, you know. Um, Harper just outboxed her, you know. Rankin got cut early in the fight. Um, But the, the right hands, those kind of overhand, kind of choppy type right hands uh, were a big difference. The scorecards, I think two of them for 98-92 and then 97-93. Um, is that right? I think that's right. But I I thought it was I thought it was more on the uh, 98-92 uh, when it comes to that one. So, Maxi Hughes uh, moves on. But, uh Yeah. That that was uh, that was it. He got a good win, and uh, because obviously the the main event, you know, was pushed back. So that that that's about all I saw from the weekend. Um, besides like little prospect stuff that doesn't really mean a whole lot. I'm not going to go into detail too much on that. Um, 
So yeah, that 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 about wraps it up. Maxie Hughes gets the dub in a competitive fight. Um, whether you had it like the judges really tight or one sixteen one eleven, I just didn't see any. I didn't see a, a win. Let's put it that way for Kid Gallon. I just didn't. Um, Max Hughes draw or he won. I thought he won. Uh, I, I wouldn't say cleanly per se, but um, just because of how the fight was. But um, yeah. So that about wraps it up. Did I say Mayweather won an easy uh, another easy exhibition win, something like that? Was that three or four of them now? I can't even keep track. I guess he's got another one. Yada yada yada. Um. But, yeah, more on Fury. Like I said, on Monday, he was saying, it's over. It's done. It's over. There's no point even talking about this. What are we still talking about this for? You lost your opportunity. And I'm sure that, you know, it's really just talk. I'm not saying that it's for sure going to happen or anything like that, but a lot of it is just talk, in my opinion. There's just not a... I don't know. There's just not a whole lot of uh, news on this one. Like, I just, I think it's just talk because, you know, you, you heard both sides still talking. Eddie Hearn and Bob, or not Bob, but, well, Bob, Bob too, I guess, right? Frank Warren. Both both those guys are saying the other side doesn't want it. And they've been saying that some, some for a while, or at least questioning it. I got to say, it is kind of nice not to get the play-by-play-by-play. We got you're going to get some play-by-play, um, and Eddie Hearn has been pretty good at like he'll ask or you know answer questions and all that. So, you know he gets asked questions out of pressure, he's going to answer them. But like he's he's actually quiet this one down, and he knows how big of a fight it is. And you know clearly you know it'd be a great first fight if they could somehow have have the zone involved with this, and also a you know, if, if we don't know his actual guarantee per fight under DAZN, that new DAZN contract, but you know, that would help pay that. Let's put it that way. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, it's tough to say exactly. Um, I would just, you know, it was never, like I said, it was never going to happen in a split of the eye. You know what I mean? It was always going to take a little while. Um, if it does happen in December, it's still pretty damn, you know, pretty damn good. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. You know? It, it's – I would just wait and see on that one. I, I do have to say that. You know what I mean? I do have to say that. I'm, I'm not really sure on that. Um, what the hell? Okay, sorry. Um, I was trying to play the clip of uh, what Fury said about uh, Joe Joyce, but it's, for some reason it's not working. But it, it's basically, you know, basic Tyson Fury stuff. Uh, but he's giving him respect, uh, you know, for now anyways. Um, and I think he's just trying to apply pressure. You know, maybe this I, – I thought maybe this whole thing was just to apply pressure to get Usyk to make sure they fight in March, you know. I really don't know exactly how it's unfolding, but I still think, I mean, to get the network stuff figured out, that's not going to take a day. And I know it's been over a week since uh, Anthony Joshua 
has had a contract to sign, and you know he said that his lawyers are looking at it. Yada yada yada. Um, we'll see. You know, I think you just got to be patient. I, it, but it's tough, you know. It, it can, I mean, this one is. I think it's. Well, I suppose people kind of still thought it was going to happen prior, and so I guess you could say Fury and, and Joshua have been negotiating on and off for over a year, like well over a year, I suppose. But because remember, everyone thought that fight was going to happen um, for a while, and then people thought it was going to happen even when you know. Um, Joshua lost and or maybe he was going to fight you know uh, Usyk and then AJ would be the one taking step aside money there was that talk too for a while they they considered it and you know decided to fight Usyk and whatnot but yeah I mean the the thing about this stuff is if it's going to happen in December we're going to know pretty pretty soon Um, and I know people get sick of that you know but it, but it's true, you know it is true. Same with the Spence Crawford stuff. Um, I will say this: it's eight weeks away. Um, and eight to ten weeks has kind of been the going rate for some of these fights, and some of these fights that do big numbers still only eight to ten weeks. So if it's if it doesn't get announced this week, like today or tomorrow, I don't, I don't think they'd announce it on a Friday, but maybe they would. I don't know. But it, it tells me a couple things, right? Um, one, it's it's if it doesn't happen this week, it doesn't get announced this week, November 19th is starting to be off the table. Then. I have heard working dates of, you know, December 10th, December 17th, I think it is. Um, so I don't know, you know, cause there's also a report that maybe, you know, maybe, uh, the tank Davis's next fight may be in February instead of December. Maybe it's with Ryan Garcia. Maybe it's not, I don't know. You know what I mean? So it, but like I said, it, you're, you're, you're at the eight week mark. You're probably not going to announce it next week. That's just my hunch. Um, when they did a few weeks back, however long that was, agree to terms, at least it was reported that they agreed to terms, um, there was a lot of talk about, you know, the lawyers going over the, the contracts, but also networks trying to bid for it, whether it's Fox or Showtime. So that could play into it if Fox, let's just say theoretically, Fox does win the rights to the fight. Well, maybe they want to advertise that fight during the the NFL playoffs in January. Um, I'm not just going to assume that they're going to, uh, you know, um, have a Super Bowl ad, right? Because we got lucky enough with Wilder and, and Fury for that, for the rematch. But, you know, I don't know. It's That, that one's tough. But that could be what's, what's, you know, holding it up. Some people are just like, we're not getting it, period. It's not going to happen. It will be funny if they did, if it's done and they're just going to have it in February for the reasons I just talked about, you'd still find people complaining about it. <laughs> you'd be like, oh, dude, that sucks. We got to wait till February. You know, it's like, well, that's, I mean, if it's going to get NFL exposure during the playoffs, we've seen what that does, whether it's the ratings, uh, you know, for a show or help pay-per-view sales or help 
just that exposure for fighters in general. So I don't care what date it happens. It doesn't have to be November 19th. It doesn't have to be December 10th. It can be sometime in February. Just, I would, you just like to get it announced so it's official, right? But yeah, so long story short, if it's not, you know, announced this week, there is a great chance that you're just not, that's a little blender in the background too, just so you know. Um, there's a great chance that it's not going to happen November 19th. Doesn't mean it won't happen December. And obviously Tank and Spence at the same time, like they're, they got, they're both going to be on pay-per-view, so they don't want to go two weeks away from each other, you know? So there's got to be some sort of date stuff there. And, and technically with Gervonta, I guess we don't know for a fact uh, what will happen in that two-day uh, trial for those misdemeanors and, and what could come out of that, you know? Um, would it be just fine, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. No clue. But, yeah, so if it doesn't happen uh, today, tomorrow, whatever, it's either getting pushed back, maybe it's not going to happen, maybe it's going to be pushed back, you know, to the first quarter of 2023. I really don't know. However, um, we did hear that Eddie Hearn and Matchroom Boxing filed a defam- what is it? defamation lawsuit against Jake Paul. This is by Jake uh, Donovan in Boxing Scene. Um, you know, they, they basically says, Hearns Matchroom Boxing has filed a multi-million dollar lawsuit against outspoken uh, Jake Paul, um, claiming defamation. This was, uh, the complaint was uh, filed last Friday in the U.S. District Court, Southern District of New York. We know how serious that can be. Um, so the case was submitted following outrageous allegations dropped by Jake Paul, who alleged that the veteran judge, Glenn Feldman, was basically on Matchroom's payroll. That's what he alleged because it came down to uh, the Taylor Serrano fight, April 30th, and then the uh, Usyk-Joshua fight, August 20th. Um, <clears throat> so both legal, legally and ethically, uh, there is a clear line separating opinion from defamatory lies. Um, and Jake Paul knows that, and he purposely crossed the line when he wrongly accused Matchroom and Eddie Hearn of fixing the fight. Uh, nonetheless, he was still given an opportunity to retract his uh, statement and refused to. So now he will face the legal consequences. And this is where it gets a little funky. So Matchroom and Eddie Hearn are seeking damages well into the $100 million, uh given the value in goodwill attached to Matchroom's business and the harmful nature. You know, uh, the official complaint calls for the exact amount to be established during a, a demanded trial by the jury, but well in the excess of 75,000 jurisdictional requirements. Okay, so, um, you know, I don't know if this is just a huge threat or if he's going to get some money out of them. Or what? I mean, this could be really bad for him, obviously. Um, I don't know. Maybe – I don't know. I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know if it's going to go deep into court. I, I really, really don't know where it's going to go. I'll just be honest with you. This one's a little bit 
funky. Um, so we'll see, uh, you know, if, because, you know, when you say stuff like that, especially if it's true about them saying, hey, man, we'll give you a chance to, uh, you know, take take it back, you know? So, and, he, and if he said, no, nah, I'm good, you know, if you say someone's fixing a, a fight, it is pretty serious, you know what I mean? So, you know, he that's what he alleged, that just because these two judges, you know, the same judge in two different fights had bad scorecards, right? That that means Eddie Hearn paid him off. That's what Jake Paul is alleging. So, it, it, you know, to say that's one thing, you could say it looks fishy. You could say a variety of things and get away with it. But when you say straight up, I, just, I don't think he thought Eddie Hearn would come back with that that quick. Be like, all right, I'll just see you out about that. You know. Um, now it hasn't been some the hundred million dollar thing is kind of it's not kind of it's crazy. I haven't heard one person say, oh man. Is that true what, you know, Jake Paul said about Eddie Hearn? I haven't heard anybody say that, you know. So when I talk to boxing fans that are pretty fairly plugged in all the way up to casuals, and I, I haven't heard anybody say that yet. So it, 100 million damages, I think that's a joke. But, you know, if you're going to say stuff, you better be ready, uh, you know, to back that up, boss. Um, so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know. I don't know, man. We'll see where that goes. If it goes anywhere, you know what I mean? It may, maybe it'll just get thrown out. Maybe they'll, you know, fight it in court, you know? Could be. Maybe, maybe they'll definitely fight it in court. I, I really I really don't know. Gotta, I got to admit. Okay, so um, as far as news goes, we got some boxing Twitter stuff as well. But uh, as far as news, fight news and whatnot, um, we do have some of that. Um, this is not a big surprise once you saw, um, you know, the purse bid thing for that Zach Parker, Demetrius Andre fight. Um, not not a big surprise at all. Uh, and I remember, was it last week um, that we, we, I think, I think that, oh yeah, I think it was, I think it was last week. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was only a handful of days ago that I remember seeing this. This was IFL TV, and Frank Warren did. He stated that he expects Demetrius Andre to pull out of that Zach Parker fight after he won the purse bid um, as the lone bidder. And Warren went on to say John Ryder would be next in line to face Parker for the interim super middleweight WBO belt to try to become the mandatory. For uh, Canelo, and that's what happened, right? Uh, this is Jake Donovan here. Breaking news: This is yesterday, I believe. Um, he's told that Demetrius Andrade will not go through with the interim super middle uh, super middleweight title fight against Zach Parker. Deadline uh, was Wednesday today to commit to the fight, and uh, so that it looks like John Ryder will. And, and I gotta admit, like Parker Ryder's a good fight. You know, it is a good fight. I can't sit there and be like, oh, dude, that, that's a horrible fight. Because um, I thought 
you know, I, I did think Andre would win the fight. But it just <laughs> – Andre is just uh, – his career, like, it's just so backwards, dude. It just – it doesn't – I don't know, man. He's made so many poor choices um, when it comes to representation. Uh, now you're going to drop your belt with Janabek. He had two separate – I think two or three, at least one. <laughs> I think two, two different times he could have fought him. Then he thought, oh, well, I'll go up there um, and try to be, you know, go to 168, fight some of those guys. Since I can't get fights at 160, especially when he, you know, I, and, and one, on one hand, I get it for on his side because he's like, dude, I signed with the zone. They had all the middleweights besides Charlo. And uh, why, why didn't I get some of these fights, you know? And, of course, we do have to say early on in that they did have Billy Joe Saunders and Andre, but we saw what happened there. So um, it never was revisited. You know, eventually Billy Joe Saunders got the Canelo fight, but um, it's just wild. I don't know where he turns. Maybe he's got another plan. This was the plan, though, to go up there, and he just – I don't know. Did he over – like, obviously he, he – it just – he didn't make, like, the decision, did you think this was going to be a big, big money fight or something? I'm not, maybe he just overvalues, clearly he overvalued what was going to happen here. You know, there was only one bidder, it was fairly low, and uh, that's it. Now he's not going to take the fight because it's not enough money. Where's he turn? He's not with Matchroom anymore, right? Or do they still owe him one more fight? Uh, because I remember his last fight, he pulled out injured. Or, well, it was supposed to be Parker. And he and he pulled out injured. Now, is that still a contractual fight that Matchroom owes him because he didn't fight that last fight? Because I remember him saying that it would be the last fight with Matchroom. Maybe Eddie has some plans for him now. I don't know. But his it's just, it's just crazy. Dude. And the biggest thing, like, a lot of people say, oh, you know, everyone's afraid of him. And he does he, – he, he has a potential style that could spoil some fights. It could also trouble some people as far as not winning the fight. I'm not saying he's going to knock people out all left and right, but as far as not being able to win the fight and look good doing it, right? So that is true. He does have some skills. We don't know where the skills are at, at all the way, though. So when people call him the boogeyman, it's like, dude, okay, but we still got to see it. And the longer it takes to see it, the better chance it's not going to be what we thought we were going to see, even if that was true that he's the you know that he's that great. I don't know if he is. Looks like he's pretty damn good though, you know. But he just made so many poor decisions, and I get this last one—not this one, but well, in a sense, I get this to an extent anyway. Maybe he does have a little bit better money lined up for this. Maybe he's now going to take a Showtime deal. I, I don't know. I don't. I have no clue. I, I doubt that too, but. Um, it's just it, it's just a head scratcher with him. Um, I, what I was gonna say is I get why he took that zone deal because of the guaranteed money. It was a lot of money. He said it himself, so I get that part. But I always had a problem, and it rubbed me the wrong way. Just in general, to be off, you admitted on the Manix fight that you were offered a one-off fight with Charlo, which at that time at the time um, 
you know, was a career high. I'm on the record for saying both those guys should have taken the fight because Charlo could have went over there too. Um, but it's – and then they gave him a multi-fight offer too. So it's Charlo and multiple fights with Showtime. So it's like – my thing is, okay, so you went – you took the more money. Cool. But don't come and be like, oh, he's afraid to fight me now when you were offered to fight him. You know what I mean? That That's where I kind of have the problem. It's like, come on, dude. Like, are you really going to go there with it? Like, let, let's let's not do that, you know? But I, And I understand to an extent, you know, this is, uh, you know, there's a lot of back and forth in this stuff, as we know. So I, I get some of this stuff, but some of it is just, it's just fake uh, Twitter stuff. You know what I mean? It just, it sounds good and everything like that. But I do see a lot more people now, now that he's not with Eddie in the zone, man, all of a sudden there's a lot more people back to the way they used to be uh, about Andre to just dumping on him. It's like, well, look at his track record of this stuff, you know? Like I said, I do feel for him being on the zone and not getting big fights there. The only opportunity he really got was the Billy Joe Saunders stuff, and, you know, that's not his fault that that fight fell through, that's for sure. But other than that, I mean, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. Uh, but, yeah, he's uh, – I don't know. I really I, – I have no clue. No clue at all. Um, this is also IFL TV from a handful of days ago. Frank Warren has revealed that BT Sport and DAZN representatives uh, met on Monday discussing that Fury-Joshua fight. He believes uh, most of the issue going back and forth contract are now resolved. Um, hmm. we'll see, <laughs> you know, we will see, uh, do, do, do Beck, speaking of Jana Beck and Denzel Bentley to headline a November 12th show. I think that was the one that Oscar Valdez was on the ESPN plus that he got injured. Um, so Jana Beck will face another British, this is from boxing scene contender in his first defense of the middleweight WBO, the one that Andre gave up. Um, and, you know, Bentley will be on a, a quick turnaround because, you know, he just fought not long ago. So, so good for him. Um, I mean, shit, when, when was it? It was, it wasn't long. I mean, actually, was it Saturday? No, was it two Saturdays ago or two Friday? It was the Friday night. This Friday or last Friday? I think it was last Friday. Yeah. And, uh, Estrada, Sinicia Estrada will be on that, uh, card as well. So that's pretty cool. So that'll be November uh, 12th, and it will be streamed on ESPN+. Plus. So, you know, it is what it is. Kind of a salvaging card there uh, with, you know, Oscar Valdez off the main event. So it is what it is there. Um, oh, Bob Arum. Bob Arum on Gervonta and Ryan Garcia. I don't see it happening. Floyd Mayweather was content taking easier fights and build to a major fight. When he made a lot of money, Garcia Garcia wins decisively. I think he has more talent, and he's the natural bigger guy. Um, some of that stuff may be true, but I, I definitely don't say, see like Garcia winning that like super cleanly or something like that. Um, there were some more quotes from him. What do you say? Uh, this is boxing scene quotes now. 
I don't think LRB would want Tank to fight Shakur. Oh, yeah, this is about Shakur. Aaron told boxing scene tracking what uh, they've been doing. There's a tendency on their part because they're following Mayweather's game plan. Basically what I just read. Uh, they're not running to make Garcia or Shakur or Haney. They're not running to make those fights. Now, okay, if they put Tank Davis in with lighter competition, that's their choice. They're not doing anything wrong. They don't owe anybody anything by not wanting uh, to fight those three guys, Shakur, Haney, and Garcia. But again, that's Mayweather's plan, and you can't say anything other than it worked for Mayweather. Um, by the way, Zhu Khan and Brandon uh, Benitez, uh, it's a rescheduled fight. This is also Jake Donovan from Boxing Scene announced this yesterday. Uh, this October. Next week, basically, October 7th, from, uh, on Pro Box TV uh, on the app uh, from that, I believe, from that Plant City, Florida. Yep, Plant City, Florida. Uh, they are going to, you know, that that's going to be the main event. Um, this, I think the fight, yeah, the fight was scheduled back May 20th, uh, but, it, you know, it, it fell through there. So, so that's back on. Cindy Edwards uh, and Felix El- Alvarado for the IBF title fight, for an IBF title fight. It's set November 11th in London. So Edwards um, is, you know, defending his uh, IBF flyweight belt against Felix Alvarado. Uh, it is yet to be determined, um, basically, you know, what venue in London. Uh, as the two sides have come to terms, well within the 30-day deadline, so that, that's some, a little bit of news anyway. Uh, here's some from Sky Sports. Uh, Dillian White has revealed that he is linking up with Buddy McGirt as a new trainer reloca- relocating to California for his upcoming camp ahead of his, his next fight this year. John will be happy about that one. Um, Natasha Jones and Maria Eve DeCara. De- is that how you say that? DeCar? Kara, Dakara, I can't remember. I can never remember that. But anyway, November twelfth uh, in Manchester, unification fight. Uh, Natasha Jones, Dalton Smith, Fraser Clark, and many more will be on the card November twelfth. Um, so that's that's a good fight. That's an interesting fight. Um, what else we got for news? So. Keith Eidick was talking about he had a correction on the crowd. Correction from what we were told last night uh, for the Shakur Stevenson fight. 10,107 was the second highest for boxing in, in Prudential Center history. Uh, Michael Grant and Tomas Adamek were uh, first, August 2010. That was the biggest fight, almost 11,000, 10,972. So either way, over 10,000 was the key there. And so that was uh, that's a good look. That is a good look for them. Um, oh, here's Oscar De La Hoya talking about uh, watching the, the trilogy between you know Canelo and, and Triple G. He said, fight was a, a fucking dud. Triple G old as fuck. Canelo can't hold Bernard Hopkins' jockstrap. People are afraid to speak the truth. Well, you weren't saying that when he was there, though. I mean, if we're being, if we're being fair. 
So someone sent me this. I saw this earlier, too. This is YSM Sports Media. They have a YouTube channel. They do. They actually have some interesting uh, interviews. There's a variety of them. I'll give credit there. But uh, someone sent me this, so I'm not saying this is this is what it is, right? But according to quote unquote multiple sources, Javante Davis and Ryan Garcia is a go for either late December or early January on pay per view. So take that, you know, whatever you want. I I, I don't know. I, I really don't. I don't know. Um. Is there an okay? This is Devin Haney. From a little while back, talking about uh, a fight with uh, Lomachenko. That's definitely a fight uh, that I would love. I've been calling out Loma for years. It's very much a fight I'd entertain after the rematch of George Cambosas. Loma is a guy that is on my hit list for sure. And that's kind of what it seems like, you know, is the case. If we're being honest, it does seem like that. Um, So, yeah, I think we're just going to get into some boxing Twitter stuff. Charlo, uh, Charlo, Char, oh gosh, Char has done more at heavyweight than Usyk. He's a former world heavyweight champion that proudly held the title for over four years and gave Prime Vitali a decent fight in a losing effort. His credentials should not be questioned. Um, when did he fight? Like a year ago? Was that, what was that? Um, let, let's Tyson Fury is 36 hours away from ranking Joe Joyce the 476th best heavyweight in the world. Yeah, that's a good one. That that might be tweet of the day. I, I like that one. That is that is pretty funny. Um, now I saw this tweet retweeted and tweeted. Um, I don't know if this is true, but if it is, this is funny. Uh, it says went to. Uh, Golovkin Canelo 3 fight last week and bought the VIP package. Description said, sign glove. Excited. Both are two of my favorite boxers. Went to go pick up a package at the Boxing Fan Expo day of the fight. Signed by Eddie Earn himself. Who wants a Hearn autograph? Long story short, I got hustled. If, now I'm saying if, if that's true, wow. I guess you got to. Uh, middle and super middle divisions haven't been this shallow and dull at the same time since probably late 90s. Interesting there, yeah. Um, I hate how Canelo is saying stuff like Benavides beat one champion, Durrell. He accomplished nothing, but when Floyd gave you an opportunity, uh, Canelo only beat one current champion, and that was Austin Trout, and it was a close fight. That's true uh, to an extent. Obviously, he beat Cotto, but yeah, I hear what he's saying. Um, <laughs> Here's a manager extraordinaire. There is a 100% guarantee Canelo wins by KO. 100%, not 99.9, but 100%. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's, you know. Um, this is funny. I love when people catch people on Twitter and go, "Oh, really? Because was that you?" Uh, this Edgar dude saying another grown man worried about a fighter. A fighter, $50 million purse when he's not getting a single set, a cent of it. Hate to see it. And uh, dude says, practice what you preach then. And it said, and the same guy who just said, stay out of pockets, basically. 
Haney did four thousand at the MGM Grand two months ago, but he, but he's the money money man at one thirty five because he gets way overpaid. It's like, well, that's fair, but isn't that counting pockets? Uh, half a million buys is not bad when the average pay per view has been trending around one hundred to two hundred thousand. I heard once that if a pay per view does one hundred fifty thousand, two hundred thousand buys, it's a profit. <laughs> that's Mark Ellis, man. That, that dude. I mean, hey, you know, credit to him for his YouTube channel, no, no doubt about it, but that dude's corny as hell. <laughs> just like, oh, wow, you're getting real mad, getting mad, huh? because uh, that's just funny. Um, oh, yeah, this is Montero. So I guess only can- uh, Canelo pay-per-view numbers get reported these days. That's the new standard in American boxing press. We have the numbers for Canelo, Triple G, and Bibble in plant fights, but almost – Nothing over the last year or so, which is kind of funny because Tank, all of Tank's fights, you know, get get uh, reported. Um, Spence Ugas was this year. That got reported. Um, it's just funny how he just is that. I mean, for him to say, is that a new standard in American boxing? Oh, yeah, in the American boxing press. Because he's part of the American boxing press. And Speaking of standards in Montero, <laughs> it's just I don't know if he he's the guy that should be talking about standards. Okay, um, oh god, but and you know what? I think this is one of those Twitter accounts that either has the uh, you know post in like the boxing scene forum or some other forum. I swear I've seen this, and then just does it on Twitter or someone just you know takes those, copy-paste, and put it on their own Twitter account, whatever, whatever it is. But it said, Bud and, Bud and Spence should, shouldn't fight yet. And I'll tell you why. Uh, yeah, because this is a multi-text. Uh, if, if they fight, then we have a clear top dog at welterweight, which sounds great, but in the era of, era of four belts, it's almost better to have two champions so we see more fights for titles like in the 80s. Boxing is a money game, and there's more money to be made chasing two guys than one. We will be seeing more big fights, which is good for the health of the sport uh, in this case. Uh, if this was Bantam, where NUA is the only money fighter being undisputed, enhances is the same with Charlo at 154, but two stars being kept apart a, a little longer lets the contenders make some coin cleaning up the division until – there's one fight left. That that's no. I, I totally disagree. It, it, time has come. They, they, there's three belts. One guy has three. The other has four. Let's just get it on. Okay. Um. Look, if you don't want to watch Wilder chase Usyk around the ring with a loaded weapon while Usyk smiles like Travis Bickle, it does his Macarena or whatever. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe try golf or drone racing or some shit. This. Sport isn't for you. That fight whips. <laughs> That's funny. Um, the vindictive nature of promoters pulling their fighters from career best opportunities. See it far too often in the sport. Fighters shouldn't be seen as assets. It's it's a terrible mindset. I think they should be seen as assets. But in that way, I totally that was Adam by the way. That that's a really good. Uh, that's a really good. Um, this dude, Boo Boo Andre, avoided Janovic twice and pulled out of Zach Parker fight twice in less than a year's time. 
Has anything like that ever been done? I feel like that's a... Uh, did David Hay pull out twice? Pause. Um, of the Tyson Fury, or is that just once? But uh, with Boo Boo, I mean, you know, this is this is what happens with him, dude. He just, it is what it is. Anyway, um, I think I'm going to get out of here. Oh, here's a good, let's go one more. Here's a, actually, you know what? Hold on. I just lost it. I just lost it. Oh, okay. Someone sent me uh, Edgar Berlanga. He said, John Ryder, what's up, bro? Let's make a fight happen. Whoever wins, it's a big fight or gets a big fight. It's like, well, I think he's going to probably take that intro title. That's what I'm thinking. Um, I think that's about it. I think that's it. Yeah. I'm going to get out of here. All right. Um, I would say enjoy the fights this weekend, but there's not fights this weekend. Oh, real quick. Um, this is actually Jake Donovan once again from BoxingScene.com. Um so it sounds like MJ Akmaldiev, um and t- was it Tapolis? 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 Is that how you say that? Tapolis. Uh, anyway, Tapolis? <laughs> no, it, it sounds like the IBF reordered the mandatory title fight. Because we didn't know if MJ was be able to, you know, if he was going to be able to fight Akmaldiev. I, I thought he was hurt, but then we started hearing, well, he might be able to fight. Um, I think I think it was Fulton who said uh, he might be able to fight by the end of the year he's hearing. Well, um, the two sides will have until October 25th to work out if the mandatory uh, title defense was due on or before January 3rd, 2022. That's what it was. Um, Sean Gibbons from Manny Pacquiao Promotions and Eddie Hearn, uh, you know, they both got the letter. Marlon, uh, Topolis. Right, Topless. Anyway, they basically are probably going to fight. So it doesn't look like uh, that's going to be next in, um, which which there was some some rumblings about that. But anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Let's hope tomorrow, because um, I doubt they announced it this late. But who knows? Um, let's hope tomorrow we get a, a Spence Crawford announcement or, or something. But other than that, my guess is if we don't get it this week, like I said, it's going to be pushed back to December, maybe even later. Or maybe it's not going to happen. I don't really know. I think it's going to happen, but I just don't know when, and, and we'll see. But I'll tell you what, if they – let's say it was Fox that came in and, and, and outbid Showtime, and they do do it in February. I don't want to hear any bitching about that. I don't want to hear well, – we're going to, but that would be silly. Because on one hand, he didn't announce it for November 19th, so you're taking away promotional time. But if they're going to do it, if it's Fox and they're doing it in February or whatever or January, they'll have plenty of time to promote it, and they'll do they'll do a good job with it, as we know. So it'd be kind of funny, but I don't know. We'll we'll see. I know the the year's kind of coming to a close here. The venues are tight, back to back to back pay per views, you know, month by month and all that. Maybe they're just kind of weighing it all out because Spence and Gervonta are going to be on uh, pay-per-view regardless of who they fight pretty much this year anyway. So um, we will see. Anyway, we'll be back next week. 
like I said, enjoy the weekend. Not a ton uh, of boxing on, obviously. Not much at all. But, you know, we have so many busy weekends and have to cram in so many fights that uh, you wish we could have a fight this weekend. But at the same time, you got to enjoy it. See what's left of, uh, you know, the year here. Let's, let's hope we get some stuff announced. Anyway, I'm out. Peace. Once you become the world champion, I believe that you feel you have the upper hand. So now, when, as you fight, let's say you fight for five years of straight survival, of 